Welcome to the New Norm Club podcast. I'm your host, Gly Gabriel, and we're going to have yet another vulnerable, free-flowing conversation with the mover or shaker, someone who's redefining the norm in the world in a massive way. Um, uh, this, this podcast episode is very special to me, and I'm, I'm honestly feeling a bit emotional as I record this intro because um, this is a special tribute to a human being who is just amazing. Um, she was the embodiment of just pure love and light. Uh, this is one of my best friends, Helen Yuan, uh, an entrepreneur, a wellness practitioner. Uh, she she's she was in high luxury, uh, just doing just launching different brands from Aria to Hellasy to she just did it all and so she she worked in high fashion and then from there was able to transition into what is truly her passion which is just to serve people and she started her uh eponious brand named helen and is basically a collection of self-care tools from bath brews to uh aromatherapy uh um nasal uh inhalers uh and just honestly everything that she touched flourished and and anybody that interacted with her expanded and in listening to this episode today i'm positive that you will expand as well so helen passed away in december 2020 um kind of unexpectedly and and when she passed it really shook me up and it was the first really close um you know death someone that dear to me that has passed away and i didn't know how to process it and I, I didn't honestly want to edit this podcast for, uh, you know, like the past two months. But I'm finally at a place where I'm ready to share it. And today is actually um, a celebration of life. Uh, we're going to have a celebration of life for her. But I just want you to, guys to just sit in. This is not this is not a sad episode, actually. I, I want you to sit and listen with um, just to see what there is to discover, because you know, I always say, like, live your life to the fullest. And and I truly have a finer appreciation for that now. And I think when you listen to this episode is going to have you have a finer appreciation for for life as well. And just really um, be hungry to just create and uh, and and, and cre- create the life that you truly desire. So without further ado, sit down. We're going to take a deep cleansing breath in together on three to let go of whatever we came into this space with that's not serving us right now. We're going to let it go and then jump into the episode. Okay, so one, two, three. Breathe in and breathe out. All right, let's hop into the episode. Hello, Helen my homie, my friend from how long, when did we meet? Like, how long ago was that? It must've been God, like, I think it's like three years ago. Yeah. Like three, three, four years ago. Yeah. So yeah. But we, we used to like a friend for like 10 years. Yeah, 10 I years. know. Yeah. 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 So, um, Helen, thank you for being on this, on this show, on this podcast. Um, I want to, with you, I, I want to start this episode, uh, kind of broadly because I know you can like, you have like so much and we can go in so many different directions. So I want to just kind of throw the ball in your court and ask you like, what's your story? 
if you if someone okay. at like if you're like if somebody just put you on the spot like I'm putting you right now and just like you're like hey like, <laughs> who are you like what's your story like in a in like what would you what would you share with with someone? Um, I think I'm a I'm a woman that is discovering um, like my voice in the world uh, where like where my talent and my knowledge of experience meet to be able to be of service to people Mm. um and you know just like everybody's story like the journey of your life of your lineage of where you're from um your family you know um understanding that being a like a first generation immigrant um and navigating uncharted territories that your parents never could have ever dreamed or imagined um, and so there's this kind of disconnect, you know, where like they they grew up in a different life, and then I'm I'm this progressive modern life, and and so really kind of embarking on everything that they had hoped for, mm. um, and then paving the way, you know, for many more women um, to be able to do whatever they feel like. Yeah. So, so, I mean, like, and you touched on some amazing things, like finding your voice, building on like what your parents, like, kind of like on the dreams of your parents, like what's, what's your background, like your, 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 your family background. And, and, and then maybe like, even like, what is, what was that dream that they had for, for you and for, I guess, your siblings and such? Yeah. So I I come from a family of seven, right? So there's my parents and then siblings I have four siblings um and so you know it was a tribe right and we're from Taiwan and my parents um my father was um a very humble simple man but with great integrity and great like blessings like he was a man of luck he had like Buddha's ears literally like his earlobe was like the size of Buddha's earlobe Wow. So much so that like people would like reach to his ear to want to rub his ear for good luck. <laughs> like we walk places and he's like <laughs> almost like swatting flies half the time or like you know their hands would just start reaching for him. It was really funny. Um, but yeah, I mean he was a very humble, simple man that um, worked very hard. Um, he and when I say simple, it's like. He only graduated till he was in elementary school, mm. but at a very young age, he um, owned five factories. Um, this is like before ta- Taiwan had open trade with America, um, you know, in the 70s, um, before China was open to doing trade in America. Yeah. So um, my, my father, you know, was part of that rush of manufacturing, if you will. And so they worked with everyone from like Broadway, now like really dating myself, Broadway and all these department stores. And so my dad and his five brothers, um, he he came from a family of 12. Like they, you know, they ended up having a cashmere factory Hmm. and they sold all over United States. And um, so he became a multi-billion dollar man, like at a very young age, like I think in his 20s. Wow. And, um, and then, you know, um, had 
aspire to, to come here. And part of the reason why um, they wanted, he wanted to migrate was because, um, you know, in Taiwan, everybody serves in the army mm-hmm. and uh, everybody meaning men. And, um, and so, you know, him having two sons, he didn't want at that time, like, you know, he had served in the army and, and he was a cook in the army. And so, you know, he, he didn't want them to have to go through that or, and be subject to war mm-hmm. um, because China was always trying to cause war with Taiwan. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was like set sail to America, you know, mm-hmm. was really um, his ambition. And so we immigrated here back then. My mom said that the move was probably like a half a million dollar move to move all of us here, establish a place, you know, because they had to buy a house, they bought cars, like they bought merchandise to start business here and Mm -hmm. you know it was like a really big deal so so that money was kind of a big money in the seven like early eight no i was born in uh, 78 so um, probably like early 80s you know um Mm. we moved to orange county Mm. and um and it was kind of like two by two by two came because of the way immigration was and everything um and so yeah we were in orange county in the very early ages yeah and so like he he really wanted to like create like a a better life for 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 his sons and and for you obviously um and not have to go through some of the things that he went through um or like risk you know your livelihood essentially uh and so you came you came to this country i didn't realize you were born in taiwan um yeah uh, that's crazy really young yeah yeah and so um what do you feel like uh he like his spirit or like like his personality or like what aspects of him do you feel like really you inherited oh god everything (laughs) yeah i'm so much like my father um i'm probably the one that's most like him Hmm. like i'm a very big risk taker um he was very charismatic people you know love being around him like he was a great businessman um you know and I think a lot of the reason why I've been in business since I was little is really because like I was born into doing business. So my parents, basically they, you know, had a cashmere, my father had a cashmere company. They sold that because trying to open trade mm-hmm. in the early eighties and they knew they saw that coming and, and they knew China is just going to take over, which they did. Right. And so Taiwan could not compete with what China could do. So my parents sold it and they invested in tons of land all over the world or all over like United States and Taiwan. And then, um, and then, and then my father ended up, um, they ended up starting a antique business here, which turned into a fine jewelry business. So like a lot of my jewelry, like this is vintage ivory, this mm. is what my parents sold, you know, like I wear a lot of like, like a lot of my trinkets and stuff are all like kind of from my parents and, and their dealings. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, and so I grew up doing trade shows. So I've like been working, you know, we would go on vacation, but vacation was like, I get to swim at the pool while they're doing trade shows. But yeah. I naturally just kind of like adapted to working. Like I loved talking to people and people were so intriguing to me this is actually when I I knew I was like I had some kind of healer 
something going on with me, you know, because I'm like 10, 12, and people are telling me about their divorces and their lives, which may sound very <laughs> inappropriate right now that we're talking about it out loud. But, but what it was, was like people entrusted me with their secrets. Yeah. At, like, and, and I would just listen. I mean, I, I didn't even like have a response, obviously, because I'm you know, so young. But like, I, I was kind of an old soul, you know, like people be like, oh my God, I feel like your, your, your age is beyond your age and all this stuff, right? So by the end of the trade show, I like be friends with everyone. And then because I like would organize people's booths, they would give me all kinds of trinkets. So I have like, like diamonds and, you know, 14 carat gold <laughs> at a very young age I'm like earning stuff without trying to earn stuff you know yeah. and so business is already very embedded in in my language like mm. I don't know how else to be you know um and so then I would go to this thing called school and school was such a different environment right <laughs> yeah yeah and meanwhile I'm like flying out to Chicago at a trade show with my parents and then you know I, I started working trade shows like around like 14 15 and then I fly home and I go to school and and I was just like school is like boring like the world is out there people you know so I was already like my visions were already very outside of the construct of like that's interesting so do you feel like school was not did you get anything out of school um yeah I mean like I think friendship building continuity yeah. mm-hmm. um you know I, I wouldn't say any of the subjects that we learned I can really apply to anything I'm, I was doing yeah um but I did go to trade school I went up going to FIDM you know when um graduated and it was a two-year program. I graduated in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, got my associates. I got a double degree. You know, what, are, what were your degrees in? What's what's FIT um, in stand for? Um, fashion of Institute, Fashion Institute Design and Merchandising. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got product development and apparel manufacturing. Got it. Got degree. it. Mm-hmm. And so, what was your first business then? Um, my first what would I go into? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, so I, I was a makeup artist. Um, for uh, Estee Lauder Mm -hmm. um, and launched all the Bloomingdale's that opened Mm -hmm. up. And then I ended up, um, so I went from doing makeup and I thought, oh, I should really, you know, I should probably be in my business, which is fashion. So um, I was getting ready to graduate and, and then I thought, well, I'm just going to go for the best company that's in LA right now. And at that time, it was BCBG. Mm. And so I, I submitted my resume and I was in this class called Quality Control. And this, um, this professor of mine or instructor of mine uh, always kept like bugging me. He would ask me like, what's my six, like, my six month plan? Mm-hmm. You know, what's my one year plan? And then we would have to get up and, and like state all this stuff but I was like in my head I was thinking this is quality control why are we talking about our our like goals and all this right 
Next thing you know, I go on, I get a call. I go on this interview at BCBG. I get a mm-hmm. call and I was like, amazing, you know, I'm three hours late because of the El Nino. And, and I was like, are you sure you want to see me? Like, I'm so late. I couldn't find the freeway exit because it was raining so hard. Um, and back then, like now I'm going to really date myself. We had pagers, not phones. Mm-hmm. So I had to get off. I mean, it's pouring rain, pouring rain at a pay phone calling i'm late i can't find the exit (laughs) and they're like just come i'm like but i'm three hours late you know and i show up and they're like do you want to be in design or production (laughs) am i hired (laughs) the teacher the quality control teacher yeah was interviewing me in class because he got my resume Mm. he was he was the um, he was the president of uh, back then. Parallel was a, a, a brand, mm-hmm. and Parallel, I guess, apparently got my resume because they were all parent companies, BCBG. Yeah, but he was president of Parallel, and somehow he got a hold of my resume. So the whole time in class, when I was getting annoyed with him, he was actually interviewing me. Mm. So when I showed up, the job was mine. It's just which one did I want? So you really never know, you know, I guess that's one thing I want to tell your listeners. You never know what is happening in the background and who is like watching you and, and who, um, you know, what path is already being kind of set out for you. Yeah. Um, And so I, that, you know, I went straight in, I was an assistant getting paid nothing, I think $9 an hour. And, and so makeup was paying me 20 and I was like, man, do I go for $9 an hour? And like, you know, I'm getting paid $20 an hour right now. Right. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that's when you have to really think about like money or passion or like what, you know, you can really pull out. So I was like, you know what? I'm going for $9 an hour. I went to school for this. I'm going to make that money up. Right. So I ended up getting rid of, or trying to get rid of my makeup job, they wouldn't let me go. So, you know, she's like, I'll work around your schedule. You have to stay on. So I ended up keeping that still. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they worked around my entire schedule. So I got both, you know? So sometimes when you keep like stand for yourself, people will adjust to you. Yeah. And, um, and so I ended up um, in nine, in six months, I got a raise from nine dollars to fifteen. In one year, I ended up leading the entire um, design room of fifty people. I had like I by that time I was like eight, like turning nineteen. I'm I'm managing an entire team of fifty pattern makers, sewers. Like I had like um, six production pattern makers three first sewers, development sewers, and then a whole um, a whole pattern making team, a whole design team. I was in charge of the entire scheduling. Mm-hmm. I'm 19 years old, right? That's, that's crazy. So like, how did you, you know, I think about myself at 19 and I, I did not have my shit together, quite frankly. I, I, I was just like in college, um, you know, at Harvard and, uh, and, and, and Honestly, what was that? That must have been like sophomore year. Um, I think I was trying to, there's at Harvard, they have this thing called, uh, 
finals club where you're trying to you like you get punched to to, to which makes means like it's almost like our harvard's equivalent of uh, fraternities and like sororities and um and you're trying to like get into them and but like i was just like i was doing that partying and then like also like getting murdered by i think physics and um and, and some other engineering courses that i was taking um but i i didn't have that this this confidence that seems like you had at such a young age and, and so like have you always been like that confident or like like you know you're talking about like taking a stand for what you want like have, like have you always been like that have you always known that did that come naturally to you hey did you hear me um it skipped out Sorry. okay yeah no no you're good so i was just saying like um it, it just seemed like you really um had it all figured out really early on where you're talking about hey like you know take a stand for what you what you want and what you believe in uh you know you're like managing like teams of like 50 people i imagine adults who are like older than you uh for for like this company like have you always been that way and and if if so like you know what really helped you become so confident at such, an, at such a young age or if not like you know what what empowered you to be able to to, to do the things that you did at that early stage of your life you know it, it's funny i i i wouldn't even call it confidence you're talking about it. i was like i think i think at that time um i think for many years until the time i met you yeah every everybody else's confidence is what i wrote off of their confidence in me ah say more right yeah so so like like I said, at a very young age, my parents picked me out of all my siblings to really like work with them and, you know, and um, run the business. And, you know, so like I was kind of always the one that was doing that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then like with the makeup artistry, like I didn't have any, I was like 16, 17. And, and this woman was like, here, here, I'm going to give you you know, $20 an hour, like what kid was making $20 an hour. So there was always these like really amazing opportunities and people who really believed in me, but really I was just as insecure as every kid is insecure, mm. you know, and, and I couldn't really figure out why people were so confident. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe like I'm leading the team mm. of 50 people, but people always saw more in me than I could see in myself. That resonates you know? so much. Yeah. And and so I I like took it on that I I still didn't believe that I deserved it. I I didn't many times I didn't believe that. Um I knew that I knew deep down inside that I'm capable. Like I knew I knew I could pull it out. Like there was that for sure in me. Mm -hmm. But but I wouldn't relate that to being confident, mm. Mm. you know, like, like I had this uncanny ability of managing and, and structuring, like, I, like I, I'm very visionary that way, but I couldn't identify, like now I'm older, I can see, oh, that like, yeah, that was, you know, like on a, on a peripheral view going back, I'm like, oh, I was already 
you know, in, in high school, I, I ran the classroom. Like my, <laughs> what the do you fashion, mean? <laughs> the fashion class. I had a fashion class, right? Yeah. And we had we had to set up a quote unquote fashion show in the local mall. My my teacher, she was so funny. She was um, Lord and Taylor's mo- like model. She was a campaign model, and ended up being a teacher, or you know. And so she looked like Corella DeVille, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, literally looked like Corella DeVille. Okay. And, and so like her eyelashes would be falling off and stuff. She was a mess. She's so funny. And, and so she would be like, okay, Helen, just tell them what to do. Just tell them what to do, you know? And I'm like, um, okay, I guess everyone stand up and then let's like get ready. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. You know, like I'm a student lady. Like, and, and so I would be in these roles like yeah. that, you know, like mm-hmm. since I was little, like they would just like hand it to me. And so that's like the same thing with the design team. They're like, Helen's going to manage the team. And everyone's like, Helen is 18 years old. Mm. Like, 19 years old like what are you talking about she's leading the team mm-hmm. but I, I i i never missed it I, ne- I never missed the delivery i never like you know i just have this also very like sensible working yeah on spirit and like and and then by the end of it i won the team over like yeah. they were all i mean it, it, look they did not they did not give it to me easy like they challenged me, you know, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like you need to learn, go find the pattern. So they really, they didn't, they didn't baby me. They made me learn and I was willing to learn. And, and so I wasn't necessarily managing them, except I was really coordinating with them and then partnering with them. Hmm. And so I think I learned how to partner with people at a very young age because I was always the youngest in these settings coming in to do these kind of big things. And so, you know, with these people that were 50, like 40, I mean, I, you know, I was half their age and, and they've had decades. And then I just absorbed, I just like learned all these skills and learned about like, you know, the real quality, what am I really looking for? And so I really became an expert through their eyes. Mm. And so wow. it, I think it was less about me being like, yeah, I'm this da, 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 and the more about, okay, what do I, how do I need to um, mold myself like to be, to get this whole thing working? Yeah. And then how do I work with you so you can hear me? you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think by the time I, you and I met, which we met in Landmark, like, um, Landmark gave me the language, it was called communication. But I was doing communications already when I was really young, I just didn't identify what, what that talent I had, yeah. that skill I had. And I didn't have the confidence. I mean, you, you remember, I, I got up on stage, like totally a broken person and like really like, you know, just shattered as, as a person. And so I think, you know, 
um, everybody goes through evolutions. And now it's funny through quarantine, you know, I raised a ton of butterflies and I, I see, you know, there's stages of your metamorphosis. There's phases of your life that um, you can never imagine you're here and then you're over there. Like, you know, as a caterpillar, as a caterpillar, they're born and they're grounded. Mm. They're eating off of a plant. They don't do anything but eat all day and avoid getting eaten. You mm-hmm. know, like that's mm-hmm. their 24 hour mindset, right? And so when you think about being a child or being younger, like you're just trying to survive <laughs> is the best thing, right? And then you go into this cocooning, which is what they do. They transform, they're in this transformation. And I think my transformation really ha- happened in a later part of my life where a lot of people maybe transform at a younger age, you know, but I have been working like an adult, you know, by the time I was 25, I had already like launched runways that, you know, was managing, directing entire teams. Like I had a full on career by that time. I was already in the business for eight years. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> so, so it's like, like I didn't have time for me time, like me to develop um, my, my, my confidence in the way you're describing it. I think I was in a sense thrown in these positions mm. and expected to like swim. Mm-hmm. Right. And because I'm such an agile learner, I can swim, you know, I, I will figure out how to swim in these very challenging roles. And I did, you know, but it was not, you know, like agony of like not feeling good enough Mm. you know and then but then you know once you do it it's just like anything the 10,000 hour rule you do it you do it you do it and you just start perfecting what you're doing and you become you know this this expert I, I became this designer and you know and really understood the business of fashion yeah and and so much so I ended up consulting many brands you know and, and helping many brands turn their businesses man uh, there's so, so much so much it there. really you know and then and then it was like in the de- <laughs> yeah and in go the ahead go ahead like yeah i was just gonna say you know i think when when you're reaching confidence i think it's when you don't give a fuck whether or not you ha- you stop appeasing people mm. and you start tuning into your center of like what you need to be for this world not because of what anyone tells you that you should be or what you should be doing it's less about doing it's more about being you know it's being present being of service you know really being in tuned with what's happening around you with the people you actually really care about so my actions i would say my confidence now has really arisen to fully being in tune with who i am mm-hmm. and and so everybody who is very close to me you know when i love you you know and you know that i'm present you know that like if you picked up a call, if you, if you called me, I pick up the phone. Like, you know, that is full presence and confidence that I can still achieve everything 
and you're not part of my schedule. Mm. Like your, your, you know, your, like your relationship matters to me enough that I will stop everything and I will still accomplish what I need to accomplish. Yeah. And so I'm learning more of like that confidence where I had a very kind conversation, you know, but my intentions are very like, like much stronger now, you know, before it was like, you know, just kind of tossing it into the wind, right? You're like throwing shit in the air, hoping it sticks, you know? And, and like, now it's like, oh no, I know that's going to happen when I say this is going to happen, like this has happened because my attention and my energy goes there. Yeah. And so I'm less about like, oh, you know, um, running around doing things, you know, it's more like I hone in and I'm like, okay, that's going to happen. We're going to do this. And my actions follow those things. Like, and I don't go FOMO, you know? Mm. Mm. So it sounds like because you know what you're like, you're like so aligned, you're present to like what your truth is and like what it is that you're like, what is what actually matters to you when you say, okay, this, this is what matters. This is what I'm putting my energy to it, You just have this confidence now, it, this natural confidence, because that's, that's what you, your, your attention and your focus is on that. Right. Yeah. And no matter what happens, I, I'm seeing what, this is what I'm noticing now. Right. Yeah. No matter what's thrown at me, literally, like literally, no matter what's thrown at me, what I have set out, like I will, I will make that happen. So yeah. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. My mother, you know, you know, my mother's been sick. Why, why I moved to California and um, all of a sudden Monday morning, she's not feeling well. Like, you know, we had to rush her to the hospital and I'm in the middle of construction. I have a photo shoot that's scheduled <laughs> for collaboration, you know? And, and so it's like, um, I cannot miss that mark. You know, Mm. that's a very big business thing for me. And then my girlfriend who has ovarian cancer is going into surgery like the following week. And I had already committed to cooking her food for two weeks Mm -hmm. and making sure that she's like taken care of. Meanwhile, all kinds of stuff thrown at me. My other friend gets cancer, you know, and she's starting chemo. My other friend's going through a hurricane in like El Salvador, like, you know, like, like all, like, like I'm connected to my world that I live in around the world. So I'm checking in with that person, you know, making sure that they're good, that they have everything they need. You know, mm-hmm. my other, my other friend who's gone through COVID, all of her patients died. She's having nightmares of people screaming for their lives in the middle of the night. You know, so I'm checking on her, making sure that the construction's going on, making sure my mom stays alive, working with all the doctors, learning all the language of doctor speak so I can communicate thoroughly with everyone. But because I've created a team in all these kind of pods, I don't necessarily have to do all the work. Mm. I coordinate and I partner with everybody to work alongside with me to accomplish and achieve everything. So I, I made the photo shoot date happen. I renovated, as you see, I'm sitting in the renovation. My mom is back home. 
you know, safe. We just met with a doctor yesterday. She's doing great. I gave them a collabor. I gave the hospital um, nurses and doctors a thank you. They were the first to receive this collaboration product that I'm launching. They were so excited. You know, my friends are my friend, my girlfriend who has ovarian cancer, cooked all her food on time. You know, made her all the the, the products I needed to give her. Sent her items ahead of time. Raised five hundred dollars through my friends to all pitch in so we could buy her everything she needs to get through her healing process, you know, ordered everything, sent it all to her. Like, you know, like I just cut through the bullshit and focus in and, and still things, <laughs> things were being thrown at me. Like, you know, this renovation was not easy to finish, but but at the same time, we, I got a brand new cabinet, you know, like stools for my table, mm-hmm. like, you know, it was like everything happened as it should. Yeah. And but like, there's this focusness now. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And, I, and I'm still shipping. I'm still shipping all my customers. Like I'm blending, you know. Like I'm getting ready to ship three, 400 units and it all comes through here. Yeah. So all that's like all going on simultaneously, you know? And so how do you, how do you, so you, you, you obviously, so you, you went from, there's just so much from, okay. Makeup artistry to, um, to, to working in, in fashion and, 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 um, and to eventually now you're in this, uh, this wellness uh, product, uh, business that you've started. Um, and, 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 and I feel like this business has really come, it's been like an expression of like, it's like in alignment with like who you are. And I remember when you decided to like really go all in with that. Um, but yeah, it's so like, you're doing that and that's like really important to you, like this business, but then, you know, like your relationships, like that sounds like that's another thing that's really important to you. Living in integrity with yourself. That's mm-hmm. like something that's like really important to you. There are yeah. so many, so many different things that, that, that matter to you that you're staying focused on. It's like, you're like, it's almost like you're juggling or I, I don't know if, if it feels like that to you, but it's like you're juggling all of these different things and you're, or you're like trying to stay like laser focused on all of these different things. Meanwhile, things are being thrown at you, all of these, at all of this adversity, all of this is just, just like the world is not always working with you. How do you, how do you stay focused on all of these things simultaneously? And, and, and like, yeah, I, I'm just like, I, I'm just really curious because um, I imagine there are a lot of people who are going through a lot of different things and they have a lot of stuff that they want, but to like keep that all together and still be healthy and like sane, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to do. The most important thing I could tell you is do the things you love mm. and literally not work a day in your life. Do what you love, be with the people you love, you know, spend time with the people that you love. And all of it, no matter what happens, only gets sweeter. Like, like even when I was going to the hospital and also like, like, which is why I have my brand is 
I really believe in rituals. I really believe that we got to train ourselves to be, be in center, right? And so all of this is my training. All of this is, is just showing me that the resiliency can be accomplished because I've, I've been steady. Like I've kept myself on a steady pace. I refuse drama. I refuse gossip. I refuse wasting my time. Time is so precious. Like your moments are so precious. And what are you spending it on? So you got to take a really good evaluation on where do you spend your money? Time is worth the most money because you will never get it back. Once you spend it in that day, it's over. Mm. And you don't know how much of it you have, right? So like, I'm so grateful for like this conversation to participate with like your project to like, be of service to you to like do this with you no matter how tired I feel no matter I don't feel tired because I feel invigorated that I get one hour solitude time with you that's what I focus on you know like I focus on like the the what does it mean to me you know like being with my mom like taking her to the emergency I was like I'm not going to focus on we're going to the emergency I turned on my meditation music I chilled her out you know it chilled me out we didn't need to be like oh you know screaming I just honed in I and that was in my practice right like and I was like I gotta bring my practice to living life right now because I want to wig out like Mm -hmm. you know and construction started that day. <laughs> so I'm leaving all these guys on my house with all this merchandise that I was just telling you. And it's like, I gotta just trust the universe, you know, and, and let go, let go of everything. And so, so my goal in that day was to keep her, like her journey. I knew the music would help her to start journeying. You know, in reflective mode, fortune cookie on fire with all this wisdom, (laughs) you know, because she had solitude time that I set her up for that. I intentionally set her up. Mm -hmm. I did aromatherapy on her. We got in the hospital. And I was like, nope, I'm going to the back. They kept telling me, oh, ma'am, you know, you're not going to be able to go to the back because COVID. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to the back. And, I was, and, and so I just kind of, you know, talked to them and then worked my way. I was back there with her the whole day. So then what I, I did was I was very directive. I'm thinking, okay, I need socks. Her feet are going to be cold. We're going to put socks on her. I got socks you know hospitals have things I got a hot warm blanket I put a hot warm blanket on her and then I brought our home blanket Mm -hmm. and I put our home blanket to give her home right Mm -hmm. and then I turned the lights off and I I had they had music I asked them if they have music because you could they have tv I don't want her listening to all that bullshit I turned on music that's like um high hymns and and like 
like just beautiful, like soft music. We listened to that all day. She was like in a trance. I did aromatherapy on her. I put oil on her mask. So it didn't, she didn't feel like she was in a mask. And I, so then I'm in practice. I'm doing my, what my brand is all about. Stay in the ritual, when, you know? And, and so it then what it does is it furthers my understanding and my knowing and my knowledge. So when it gets to like having to pump out 900 units or all these crazy things that I'm doing, like, I know that it works because I'm, I've been in flow in these very intense situations, you know, or my girlfriend who went into surgery, who, you know, had her inhaler with her, you know, and like, and it's like, she had a piece of me with her, you know? And so like, whatever it is that you, you love and what, what makes you tick in this world, like, that's what I would encourage you to really stick to, yeah. you know, and, and do less of what makes you work. Do less of what makes you have to do. Do less of like having to sit through a conversation that you're not interested in to feel cool and do more of being with people that invigorate you, that fill your cup up, that make you inspire, that ignite you, you know? Do more of that and then stop the nonsense of being on trend. Yeah. Because I can care less now. Like I really, you know, I really take care less. But, you know, what I see is like in when I was in New York City, I was already bucking the system. Like I was on my own beat. I was doing my own thing and and I was more judging myself. So I I now stop judging myself because that's all such a waste of time mm. you know mm-hmm. so spend more time being present with people <laughs> and less <sighs> up here like when you're sitting up here it's only dangerous you know yeah so my products are really about dropping you into your body mm. so you can feel yourself be present you know awake like awaken your your sensory can you say so? So maybe like share like what like maybe one or two or like whatever the products the main products that um, that you that you have and and huh? what do you mean by dropping into your body and, and and like what does that mean like how does dropping into your body help you be present? That's a good question. So when when you smell essential oils using your olfactory system, you're basically like awakening your brain because, you know, what we know about the olfactory system in science in general is that when you inhale, it drops information into the center of the limbic part of your brain. That's the neocortex, the thalamus, and the amygdala. There's something called factory tracks that connects the smell sensory to that part of the brain, right? So, you know, when you think about smell in general, think about a home-cooked meal. 
Like, mm. doesn't that drop you somewhere? Like, yeah. oh, you're like, oh, that's mama, you know? Mama's or, chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mama's chicken. Or when you walk through the doors of Thanksgiving, you're like, mm. oh, this is family, you know? Or mm. like you, you smell a certain crisp breeze. You're like, that's New York fall time. We are here, you know? And so, so like, when that's dropping into your body like that you're 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 being notified so in the products that i use you know is i have essential oils and so there's revive revise the palm shower and steam inhalation you drop two mm-hmm. drops in your palm you can rub your palm together and then you huff it through your nose exhale and like literally you'll feel your whole body awaken and al- alive in mm. when you smell it, you know, and a lot of people get visceral reactions to it because it's, it has like Japanese peppermint, which is always tingly and cooling inside, you know, um, and so, you know, when you're using any of my inhalers, inhalers, really help to boost your mood. Yeah. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> I use this all the time. <laughs> and it really, yeah. And it really kind of calms and eases your body. It really keeps you alert and awaken, you know? And so like, that's just like a constant practice. That's just reminding you that I am here. When you do the inhale, you're like, I am here. I, I'm present right now right and so in these very high intense situations what I'm saying is that you can still like get yourself to be here ground your body you know and and that way you're not like ah like this is happening and you're you're like floating everywhere with a chicken with its head cut off is the Mm -hmm. term Mm -hmm. right isn't that term so obvious? Yeah. <laughs> like that's being not, not connected to your body. So my practice is really about being connected to what's, what you're feeling, what is happening, because your body will tell you, right? Your body will, your gut is like, oh God, that didn't feel good. Like mm-hmm. there's something wrong there. This person walked in, I didn't feel great about that like in that interaction you know I think he's lying to me like all those I think most of the time your intuition is on point you know so you got to really trust and start learning those intuitions or you're like oh god that person like filled my heart with so much love like I can't take it you know and so like I you know so now it's like, I feel those things. I check, I scan my body and then I want less of the like, you know, mm-hmm. feeling and the people that like give me breath, I'm like more. And then when, when that person's down, I want to give you breath. Mm. So I, I like choose. I choose to be present when you can't be present for yourself. So like my girlfriend who went, was going through surgery, I'm like, no, I'm choosing you. 
she was like Helen you have so much stuff going on like your mom just went into surgery like I can't put that pressure on you I was like you're not putting pressure on me it's not pressure for me it's pleasure like I am grateful to be able to do this for you yeah did I have to stay up till 10 o'clock cooking sure but to see her on the bed healthy and that she was so full in heart and that she's taken care of. And the bigger picture is she's going through what her mom just died this year. Her mom had ovarian cancer. And then she herself has ovarian cancer. You know, like they're, they're suspect, suspecting, so she had to go in and take out all her ovaries, which means she cannot have children. The least I can do is stay up and make you a meal. You know, mm-hmm. so that tells you like our expectations have gotten to a point where we don't feel that we don't want to trouble people. And I think that language we have to rework mm. and allow people, allow to be loved, allow people to show up. Sorry, that's my dog. Um, Lucas. Allow people, yeah, <laughs> allow people to show up and receive, receive that you know, Mm -hmm. and the more you allow those things, you will see the most beautiful people come alive in your life. Man. Wow. Yeah. Um, You know, everything you said just really resonates with me. Um, I think the the trusting your intuition, um, that gut feeling, um, because sometimes the gut and like the heart and your body is saying one thing, but your mind is saying another thing. Um, you know, it's like, Oh, like, but, but I, I have, I have all this work to do and all this. It's like, but no, like, like in, at least in this example, it's like, no, like it gives me pleasure to, 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 to be able to be here for that person. Like that's, that's, that's bigger than me losing an hour of sleep or something, you know, or a couple hours, whatever it is. And it, it's, uh, it's like another way of thinking and being, uh, and, and and I think I feel like you've really mastered that, or you're mastering um, being very intentional about mm-hmm. what you put your energy into, what you put your focus into, because those things you know give you pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of interesting, like because would you say that's selfish? Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I think typically, and I've been like kind of um, personally um, starting to do work around this where it's okay to be a little selfish, you know, because when you're a little mm-hmm. selfish, actually, you'll end up being more selfless, you know, that that's where you're able to show up for other people and like give because it feels good to give. you know, it feels good. It to, feels to... great to give. Yeah. No, yeah. but I think I think selfishness it's tricky, right? Yeah, because, because the word is kind of like... <laughs> well, I think selfishness can be tricky because some people use that as a weapon. Mm. They're like, I have a... Like right now, I think wellness has become a little tricky because people are like, oh, well, I, my wellness is to cut you off. Like, okay. Mm. Like, I don't know about that, right? Like, how is that transformed? Like, how is that really cutting one off like what does that really mean 
Mm. You know, is it that you have to preserve your energy from that person? You know, like, so I think it's being more intentional and more aware of Mm. why you're doing what you're doing. And yeah, every, I think our life we work, we move through quite selfishly. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Lucas. (laughs) Um, And so, but I think, you know, what's important is is really being in alignment being yeah. in being in purpose you know understanding what your purpose is understanding who you are what you bring to the world because each person each person is valuable i'm not anything special from you to your listener to anybody hmm. i'm not you know all i am doing is claiming my time and I'm charging your friends, your people that are listening to claim their time in a way to be of service to everybody else and absolutely of service to yourself. Mm. Because if you, like someone was like, oh my God, you're doing all this stuff. Like, what about you, Helen? Honestly, like when Helen shuts down, like I, I literally kind of hone in and like I'm in my home. I've created my space, you know, partially why I've created the studio in the home because my time is limited. I have to be close by mm-hmm. to my mother, you know, it has, it's costed me financially to do this. It's costed me not to be in the city, like all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, when you die, do you say that? oh, she moved home, but she lost a lot of money from doing that. Like, you know, like, no, they're going to talk about who you were, the memories that they had with you, you know, like what you brought to their life, what you cooked them, what was the funny, hilarious things that happened? Like, that's what people remember you. So it's like, what? So when you're thinking about how are you living and when you're choosing these things, you're not choosing it for the obituary, but you're choosing it for like how you want, you know, that interaction to be. And when interactions don't work in the way of your favor, and I think we had talked about our intention of this conversation, like how I've been able to get up and recreate my interaction is because I know everyone's on a journey. My ex-husband and I are friends now. He's remarried to a man, Doug. We're like a recreative family, you know? They like text me all the time. They worry about my mother, you know? Like they're great friends of mine. Why? Because like that has to, like I've, every bridge I've blown up, I've rebuilt a new bridge. It didn't look like the bridge that it used to be right it's a it's a new bridge but i i i so there's no place that i can't travel in the world within myself or with other people Hmm. you know and so i'm always willing to have a conversation with a broken friendship i'm always willing to forgive someone as i've forgiven myself for bad choices you know and i think that that actually is what resiliency is built off of. Wow. Um, 
Thank you so much, Helen. Um, before I ask you the last question, I just wanna, I just wanna say that I, I really am inspired by you. Um, I, I, I remember meeting you many years ago when you were just down. <laughs> like, yeah, I think this was like after you had like gotten your divorce and-, what and was what was her first impression? Man, I was like, she she's a hot a mess. She cried. <laughs> you were crying. Yeah, she oh. cries a lot. Yeah. And um, and but like I, I'm I, I'm honored and honored and privileged um to have been able to see your transformation time and time again and <laughs> the ability to just like be unstoppable in the face of any any adversity that comes your way and and your willingness to to, to live your truth and to be aligned in, in integrity with yourself. Um, thank you so much for, for, for our friendship and for um, valuing me and, and, and I value you obviously. And, um, and I, I know that everybody that's listening will get so much from this as well. So thank oh. you, Helen. Um, the last um, question for you is, uh, what do you believe the new norm should be in the world? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think that I think that the new norm is the old norm was never normal, hmm. and the new norm is actually what's real. It's really it's really about slowing down. If you think about what's actually really happening as much as people are complaining, like, oh, I got to homeschool and oh, no, 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 you know, oh, I have to stay home. Like, you have a home to stay in. We're in a first world nation. You have a beautiful home. You could, you've created beautiful. This was not a beautiful home when I came home to it. I created it. Where it went through COVID. So I really think that the new norm is really been like what we've been talking about this whole time. Where are you putting your time? You know, like I get to do yoga in my backyard, like guided meditation from a friend, you know, like I get to like have breakfast with my mother and then start working my day. Like, I couldn't even imagine life being better, you know, for where it's at right now. And so I think for everybody, it's appreciating all the things that you have in front of you. You know, even when I was really doubted out, I thought, man, I'm so grateful. You know, I like gratitude is something you can't be grateful and be in fear at the same time. When you're grateful, you you keep your heart in a space that keeps you looking forward, you know, like it helps you to see the resiliency within yourself, even when you don't feel like you have it in you. So I think right now with everyone going through a lot, you know, everyone's going through a lot of different things. So as we've been talking, there's COVID, there's social arrest going on. There's regular health issues that people are facing, you know? Um, I think it's just really challenging humanity to be human again. We've become really unhuman. 
everything's become very automated, very um, distant. You know, you don't talk to people, you text them, you fire people on email. That's not, I don't really think that that's actually the way things should work. People don't know how to work out relationships, they just swipe to the right. You know, instead of like those awkward moments of like, oh, getting rejected, you know, like, I think those are all opportunities, you know, and that are being missed, communication being missed, mm-hmm. like having tough conversations, like I have a friend who lost my computer who was like, oh, I, I, I have to have a conversation with you, but I can't do it right now. And I'm like, we have 10 minutes. You can tell me whatever you need to tell me, you know? But it's such a dramatic thing. Like, and it's like, it doesn't need to be dramatic. It just needs to like, I just need to know what's happening so then we can figure out what to do. And so I think, you know, that's the new norm to me is really relearning conversations, um, really being present with everybody because as you see COVID, you could get it and that person's gone. Like I watched on Good Morning America, this woman who lost her entire family and she's in Thanksgiving alone. Like literally she lost six family members. And that just breaks my heart for her, you know? Like, and it's so, it's like, part of why I was talking about understanding and knowing what's around in your environment in your community is like right now what you can do is pick up the phone and check on your friends and not like hey yo what's happening what's the next da 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 but like how are you really what is it that you need is there anything I can do you know and just talk about life like a lot of people are moving because they can't afford it because they lost their job you know can you can you just be there as a friend you know I mean what was amazing and the kindness that I I experienced in this time was my mom you know because everybody was the pandemic and people were like buying up everything you know she needs bleach to keep sanitary um, her space because if she gets one bacteria in her process of her dialysis every night she can get um uh septic which is like you know she'll basically have to go into hemodialysis which is very painful and very difficult um because it could the bacteria can fluster and like build in your system really quickly um so i had asked this like i had a neighborhood app and i said oh I just need to get bleach because my mom, you know, everybody's bought the bleach out. And then um, the other neighbor read it. So these are strangers right now. And she's like, I'll set the bleach out on my, on my porch for you to come by and pick it up. She had the whole gift and caboodle. Okay. Then I posted on Facebook and I was like, I can't believe this woman set out this whole gift package for my mother and a card and thanked me for being a daughter reaching out, right? So I put that post to that and I'm like, wow, I can't believe she like gave us bleach. I don't know this one. I never met her. 
and then and I of course left a package of my products and thanked her and then um then a friend responded and said I have bleach I'm gonna drive by I haven't spoken to her for 20 years <laughs> she came by we like I haven't seen her for stop 20 years and dropped off bleach for my mom and then uh, another friend read the post and was like, I'm going to mail you bleach. I live in Vegas. We're getting bleach back. I'm going to mail you two bottles of bleach. My other girlfriend shows up at my house to lunch in the backyard, brings a bottle of bleach. And then all of a sudden we have like tons of bleach. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's like a, kind of a whatever item that we always take for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, and that isn't that the same story as essential workers we've taken for granted, and they're the ones who pulled us through this pandemic. So I think this, to me, the new norm is don't take things for granted. Don't take these people for granted. Don't take the little things for granted, you know, and which is why it's so important in this time to learn and figure out what your ritual is. Yeah. What gets you to center? What do you need to chill the fuck out when you want to hit the roof? You know, what causes you to get out of your body, figure out how to stay in your body? Is it a meditation that you need? Is it a yoga practice? You need to go on a walk. Is it that coffee? Every morning I have my tea. That's a ritual. What are the things that like, help you to know I'm going to really do everything stay centered and as things get thrown at you yeah you can use my inhaler calm your brain down calm you down you know like do whatever it takes to stay like here stay in your center so for me that's the new norm is not not going 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 but really like going because you know I'm going but I'm also ready to be interrupted yeah thank you so much for that whoo this was amazing um can you hear me yeah oh, okay yeah yeah no thank you uh this was amazing Helen um I really enjoyed this conversation and um yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll link it up and, and so that people can like follow you and, and, and check out some of your products. Um, thank you for just sharing so vulnerably and openly with all of us your, your story. And um, yeah. thank you again. Thank you. Hey there, I hope you really enjoyed today's podcast episode. As you know, at New Norm Club, we really believe in the Ubuntu philosophy, which basically means I am because we are. You know, rising tide raises all ships. And so this podcast is not just a podcast, it's also a community. So feel free to go to the Facebook group and join and, and connect with other like-minded people. Share what your biggest takeaways were from this episode. Also, do that in the, your personal social media so that we can get more people into this family so that we can start to redefine the world together and support each other and empower each other and inspire each other to be our best selves. And don't forget to tag at New Norm Club and at Glyvolner, that's me, G-L-Y-V-O-L-N-E-R, on any of your social platforms. And also, 
follow on your preferred podcasting platform, Spotify, etc. You know the drill. So have an amazing rest of your day and see you on the next episode.